the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to the life of Samson, he's a rather shady character. But there is a lot of the redemption story, the gospel of Jesus, found in his life. We'll just take a moment and explore it. So let's explore Samson together next. Grace Bible Church in Hayward, online at grace-bible.com. Welcome to Way of Grace. We're back in Judges chapter 15, verses 11 through 20 today. It's a message that Pastor Jesse has simply entitled, Samson, I Thirst. And we are again looking at the similarities between Samson's life and the gospel that we find in the New Testament. Won't you join us? Here's Pastor Jesse Gastand as we begin today's broadcast of Way of Grace from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. And we've got a dividing line going on today uh, by those who call themselves Christians who don't acknowledge the crown rights of Christ and they're walking in carnal, earthly, human, secular authority and they're being bound for it. Look at what you get when you serve the government. You get bound. Hand, foot, and mouth. Look at what you get when you serve the flesh. They tell you to shut up. We're getting ready to deal with that right now. When you're made to be free, when you're made to be loose, when you're made to open your mouth and give him glory and declare his word from Genesis to Revelation. And they're telling you to shut up. Y'all hear what I'm saying, don't you? What we got in our text is a permission because God is using Samson to exhibit the what I consider the relentless stupidity on the part of the people of God. I'm ashamed to be a Judite in this context. Why am I binding the very man that God raised up from the womb to deliver my soul? And I'm siding with the enemy against him. I'm ashamed of the Judites. I'm ashamed to be a Judite. And yet I'm one. And here is the mystery of the paradoxical nature of the love of God in Christ. Samson let him do it. Jesus said it in John 19, 11 and 28. If you seek me, let these go. My master permitted the wicked rulers of Israel and the wicked rulers of the Roman Empire to take him. Y'all remember that? This was because of his love for his church. His love for us. You know, love will hurt you. Did you know that? Love will hurt you real bad. This is why a lot of people lock their love up in a deposit box and don't ever pull it out again because love will hurt you. Won't it hurt you? Man, you try to love on somebody, turn around and want to bind you. Hand and foot. This is what's going on in our text. Subpoint B, a choice to be governed by the flesh. I love this. There's only one time in human history where submission to the flesh amounts to the glory of God. And it's when Jesus assumed a human nature. 
You see, we will be honoring the incarnation in a few weeks for four weeks as we lead up to Christmas. Because we know the mystery of the incarnation is that God allowed himself to be bound to the flesh in order to liberate us from the power of the flesh. That's called love. Indescribable love. What wondrous love is this? Oh, my soul, that you would assume a human nature and be bound that I might be free. I like Samson. I don't know about you. I'm trying to sell a few of y'all on Samson's book. I want you to buy Samson's book. I like Samson. He voluntarily submits to it. Subpoint C, a rejection of the love and law of God. You see, the Philistines will not obey God. The flesh can never do the will of God. Do you know that? Romans chapter 8 taught you this, verse 6, 7, all the way through 13. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It cannot do the will of God. It won't obey God's law. So please understand, our secular system does not love God. It cannot love God because it won't obey his word. You have lived, if you're 40 or 50 years old in this room, or if you're 20 or 30, you are seeing the systematic dismantling of all of God's truth in our nation by our policies and, and by our systems because they don't love God. You cannot love God and love sin at the same time. You cannot love evil and love God at the same time. You who love the Lord must at all times hate evil. And you're living in a system that's telling you we hate God. And therefore, we will not be bound by him. We saw it in Psalm 2, didn't we? Let us cut his bands asunder. Let us us cut his cords from us. We will not have him to rule over us. And as I said, the secular world is doing the right thing. They don't know God. But what about Christians? Listen carefully to me, child of God. When you love God, you love his law. You love his word. You find inherent in God's statutes and precepts, right living, good living, sound living. The law of God is summed up in two principles, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as your what? Right. And when you understand these two fundamental principles, you are not going to intentionally diminish life, whether it's in the womb or in the old person they want to euthanize. You're not going to diminish diminish life anywhere because love works no ill to its neighbor. Am I making some sense? For those of you who think that you can despise God's law and still love God, you are wrong. Can't do it. And so we're being taught here how that the Philistines are constantly opposing God's man because God, God's man remind them that God's on the throne. So point, point number two, let me keep going. But their folly is exposed, isn't it? Their folly is exposed as weakness. Look at verse 14 through 17 with me. This is going to be kind of where we really work through understanding what's going on here in our text. This, the, the chapter 15, verse 14 through 17 will explain this uh, to us very, uh, sorry, in my chapter, um, yeah, chapter uh, 15, verse 14. Notice what it says. And when he came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. Now he's bound, is he not? Verse 13, they spake unto him saying, no, but we will bind you. This is the church. And deliver you into their hand, but surely we will not kill you. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the what? I showed you that just two weeks ago. Samson let his own people bind him. Can you see Jesus headed to Gethsemane, to Calvary? 
He let them bind him and he went on up and he sat in front of the Philistines. And when the Philistines saw that Samson was bound, what did they do? They shouted. They shouted. Notice what it says in verse 14. When the Philistines came unto Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him. I told you two weeks ago that was the wrong thing to do. Y'all remember that? That's the wrong thing to do. See, because shouting always indicates triumph. It always indicates victory. When you are in a war and you shout against your enemies, you feel like you're about to advance and take them. Or when you have subdued them, you shout the what? Victory. This is why the Bible says when Jesus returns, he's returning with the voice of the archangel. It will come in a what? A shout. Because he will come to summarily defeat all of his foes. And we know he won't lose that battle. Here the Philistines are under the assumption that they got him now. Even the church has given Jesus up to the Philistine culture. And I'm saying to you, shouting against God is the wrong thing to do. Now you can shout with God and you can shout for God and you should shout by God. God should give you grace to shout. That's what summer church is all about when you understand the victory that's in Christ. But if you're going to shout against God, you got another thing coming, don't you? Now, listen to what happened. We won't unpack this as fully as we did last time because I want to move into the battle. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Do you see that? Think I asked you guys this a couple weeks ago. When you're bound by the enemy, don't you want God to come in and set you free? When you're bound by the enemy in all of the dimensions we've talked about mentally, emotionally, psychologically, socially, economically, whatever it is, And you're bound. That means you can't help yourself. That means you have no strength. Don't you need the Lord at that time? We need the Lord to come in and break us out of our bondage so that we can uh, return once again to our freedom. And here is God intercepting a situation that is horrific in his servant, Samson. He enters in for the second time and rushes upon Samson, actually the third time. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and the cords that were upon his arms became his flax that was burnt with fire and his bands loosed from off off of his hands. What did I share with you two weeks ago? Samson is not struggling. Please listen. When you're in a spiritual battle, you have no personal strength. Your job is to call upon God who is worthy to be praised. So shall he deliver us from our enemies. Right. In other words, struggling in the flesh will never help you overcome your battles. Notice that Samson submitted. This is going to be our next point. He submitted to the Judites binding him and he stood there while the enemy came, didn't he? Can you see Jesus hanging on the cross, submitting to the father's will? Can you see Jesus having prayed? Not my will, but thine be done. See, the secret to success in your walk with God, particularly in the struggle of a battle, is to submit to him. Did that come home? Submit to the Lord, then resist the devil. But I'm not there yet. Submit to the Lord, let him liberate you, then resist the devil. Because you got to still resist the devil. But you submit to God. And you notice what happened. A miracle occurred. Is that true? Like fire 
the uh, bands of his rope that tied his hands just dropped off of him. He didn't have to do anything. God set him free. Is that true? Right. So now you have an emblem of what God does for his people. Is that true? Jesus said it in the gospel of John. If you are my disciples, you will what? Continue in my word. If you are my disciples, you will continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will continue to do what? Set you free. See, people of God are called to be free. Did you know that? See, the whole theme of redemption is to purchase you out of slavery. And even when you're saved, you and I have to be set free over and over and over. Can I get a witness from somebody? So some of y'all pretending like you're not in bondage. You sitting right in front of me in bondage now. You need to be set free. You need to be set free. You're bound. You're not free. You're not walking in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. You don't have the confidence and humility to tell men and women what's right. You're afraid. You're walking in fear and anxiety, discombobulation and confusion. You're not liberated because you haven't yet acknowledged that you don't have any strength. And my strength comes from the name of the Lord. That's why you're bound. This is a strange thing I'm sharing, to, sharing with you about liberation. Liberation comes from submission to God. Y'all know that. We wiggle and we twist trying to fix it ourselves. Have you ever seen a wiggling, twisting Christian? <laughs> have you ever seen one? A wiggling, yes you have, a wiggling, twisting Christian. You know he looks strange when he's walking. She looks bizarre when she's talking. Because she's wiggling because she's in bondage. A lot of church folk are like that. And the moment you relax and say, Lord, help me, that's when he comes in and sets you free and loosens your tongue so you can give him praise and glory. This is what's happening in our text. And now we're going to allow the optic to slow down because there's some things for us to capture here under point number two. Their folly was exposed as weakness. The rope meant nothing. The rope meant nothing. Men binding you mean nothing with God. I want you to know that right away, child of God. If God leaves you bound by systems of men or by your own own carnal devices, God can set you free in a nanosecond. But he won't until you and I learn the lesson. Have y'all figured that out? You're going to be incarcerated as long as he needs to incarcerate you until you figure out that you can't play games with God. Now, I want to talk about opposition for a moment while I have your attention, because what you're dealing with is a motif or an analogy of opposition. Samson, the servant of God, he's a picture of Christ. He's a picture of the church of the true believer. The true believer is suffering right now from opposition, is he not? You are in a state of opposition. Remember what I told you earlier? We're all struggling with something. Sorry, you are. You're all, we're all, we got tape on somewhere. Duct tape is holding our leg or something. We still looking a little crazy. We're not completely free. And it's in those areas we need freedom too. We need to be set free. There's some opposition against you. And it's important for you to know, sometimes your opposition is going to come from the most surprising places. And it's important for you to know. This is the account that Paul talks about in 2 Timothy 3, verse 8 and 9. He's talking about perilous times. When you start at verse 1, I want to run through this because this maps on to where you and I are. And I want you to get it. 
I got you for a little while and I want you to get it. This is 2 Timothy 3.1. This know also that in the latter days, perilous times shall come. Now, this was written almost 2,000 years ago. Are we in perilous times? There are two ways to understand. There's two ways to understand this term perilous. It means dangerous times. Dangerous. Like you going out into the parking lot and your Catholic converter gone. (laughs) Or while you're headed to the car, you see them legs underneath the car and the hammers and the screwdrivers tinkling to take it off. And then you reach down to say something about it and he shoots you. We are in dangerous times. Or you are parked at the light, which gives you about, I was in Phoenix with my wife visiting our daughter who is in the Air Force. And I I don't know, it must be just because I grew up in the hood. I don't like when red lights stay red too long. (laughs) Am I making some sense? Am I making some sense? Like if the red light stays red too long, I'm thinking I'm about to be hedged in by the enemy. I'm about to go around. Somebody told me that's what a steering wheel is for, to go around. I don't like to be stuck that long. Like, why is the light taking so long? Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, no, this is a a conspiracy. This is a trap. They got me on camera. They coming after me. And so what we come to understand these days is that people are at red lights and folks is driving up, taking their cars. Are y'all hearing me? I told this community, if you're a visitor here, bless you. But I've told this community, the society in which we live, are living in, and our government is turning the whole world into Gotham City. Right. And see, if you don't know Gotham City, you wasted your money going to see Batman. (laughs) Because you weren't supposed to miss the metaphor in the pathological behavior of all the criminals. Those pathologies are caricatures of what's going on today. So which one are you? Are you the Riddler? Are you the Joker? Are you the Penguin? Are you the Catwoman? See, crazy is everywhere, is it not? And even the hero is a little jacked up because he's wearing a cape and trying to be like a bat. And then you got Robin, I don't even know what that is. But see, we're still saved by grace. Are we saved by grace? So I'm wearing a cape. I'm wearing a cape. Uh, It's not going to be bats. I don't know what his problem was. Maybe it's about just radar, be echo, you know, radar to be able to see at night. Whatever the case may be, you and I are dealing with Gotham City today. Hurry up and understand it. I'm teaching our folks on Tuesdays and Fridays about sanctification. And one of the critical qualities of sanctification is a proper perspective of the world that you live in. If you can't see the world the way God sees the world, you are blind and your sanctification is halted. Sanctified people can see. Sanctified people can see. Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of your law. Sanctified people are called to see the world the way God sees. And am I making some sense? And I can see the world in Gotham City and I can see the Gotham City in the world that we're living in because they want you to be completely unstable. They want you to be uh, afraid. They want you to walk in fear. They don't want you to be liberated, confident, prosperous or anything. They want you all jacked up. And this is why you have to fight the good fight of faith. Because you got to lay hold of eternal life. 
Listen, don't you let this secular world make you crazy. Jesus paid for your brain. And he's called all of us to a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. Let the world go crazy, not the child of God. You can go crazy all by yourself. You can run over the cliff into the pit like a bunch of wildebeests. But God made me a little wiser than wildebeests. And he made you a little wiser than wildebeests too. So don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. So we look at this and this, what is Paul saying in verse two? Notice what he goes on to say. He says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. You know what that is? That's the height of narcissism. That is your narcissistic tendency that the world revolves around you. We got a big problem with that today. Every day people wake up with them being the center of the universe. And then when people don't acknowledge them, they want to act out in the Gotham pathological ways. Now, when people get turned inside out like this, it's because they stop listening to God. Please listen to me. You're nothing and I'm nothing when we see God as everything. See, if you exalt yourself, God's going to humble you. Ask Nebuchadnezzar. Seven years of thinking that was cannabis down there he was eating on. (laughs) For men shall be lovers of themselves. Covetous. We're proud today about being covetous. Boasters. See it? Proud. Blasphemers. That's a big one, isn't it? Everywhere you look, God is blasphemed. Disobedient to parents. That's the breakdown of the hierarchical structure of parents to children. Children are being taught in school from the earliest days to despise the authority of their parents now. Do y'all see that? Listen, unthankful. If that's not a canopy for the disposition of the attitude of men and women whom God gives breath to breathe every day, I don't know what is. The fact that you are breathing should give you cause to thank God. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Right. See, because if he's letting you live, you have a purpose. If he's letting you breathe, you have a purpose. Do you know a million people die every day on this planet? They, their last breath was taken this morning. You're still here. You're still here. Unholy. Verse three, I want to get to my, my verses. Without natural affection. This is the whole crazy LGBTQXYZ. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and on and on and on. That's what we are. We don't even know what we are. Now, you know we didn't took something. We don't know what we are. We use the bathroom one way for one group of people. And then we use the bathroom another way for another group of people. Is that right? That never changed. And yet one day we woke up thinking we was the other thing. But we still using the bathroom the way we did. See what I'm saying? You see how crazy we get? And then it's becoming enforced as a law. It's hate speech that will bind you again if you even think about it. Don't tell me we are in good times. People are scared to even think. That's not right. I better hold my peace. So now they got you inside your head. 
You're not even free in your mind. That is what we know is mass psychosis and Marxist socialism. When they get in your brain and tell you to better shut up, you better not say it. Ain't nothing free about a person like that. Ain't nothing free about a person like that. False accusers, truce breakers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are what? Right. This is what I meant by becoming an enemy of righteousness. When somebody is actually telling you the truth, if you have a repulsion against them, an aversion to them, an apathetic response to them, then you are now also one who despises those who are good. Am I making sense? Right. And I'm telling you, the enemy can work on you while you're asleep so that you wake up actually hating the people of God who are telling the truth. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.